from the 915 to H-Town, from the Panhandle Plains to the Valley, and everywhere in between. This is the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Join me, Hector Cano, as we cover the Texas high school club and college soccer landscape, along with an inside look at the college soccer recruiting scene. The 5050 Podcast is a platform about the people and for the people who are dedicated to the beautiful game. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. If your son or daughter is serious about college athletics, call them at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athletes. Here we go. It's another edition of the 5050 Podcast, Episode 70. I am your host, Hector Cano, and we are proudly brought to you by our proud partners, College Promoters USA. They are America's premier college prep program and high school student-athlete marketing service since 1997. Located locally here in San Antonio, you can find them in the Ventura Plaza Shopping Center. You can also find them on social media on Twitter at SATX Recruiting, as well as on Instagram at College Promoters USA. And you can also get more information on what they're about on their website at collegepromotersusa.com. My next guest, he is the head women's soccer coach of the Clear Springs Chargers, Coach Craig Foster. Coach, how you doing? Good, heck to yourself. I'm doing great. Excited, uh, excited you're here. Uh, let's dive in. Let's uh, let's get going. What do you think? Um, well, I'm excited to be here. It's the first uh, live podcast I've done, so let's All right. see how it goes. Oh, it's going to go great. I got faith in you, Coach. I got faith in you. So, all right. So, tell right. us briefly. Obviously, you don't have to give us the full bio, but just tell us maybe. Um, how you got to uh, how you got to Clear Springs and how long you've been at Clear Springs? All right. Well, um, I've been at Clear Springs since it opened, and um, I've actually been coaching high school for twenty eight years. So back in uh, nineteen ninety five. Um, long story short, before the MLS, um, I actually went to college in England and. We spent uh, summers out here. At the time, it was called North American Soccer Camps, and um, I was doing a of all places. I was doing a, a camp in Texas City, and there were a few board members whose uh, kids were on the camp. And the same week, their their coach resigned. So, um, a couple of months, and the immigration attorney uh, later, I ended up at Texas City, and then. Got my permanent residency and um, um, became a U.S. citizen, and um, I was there for twelve years. And then um, applied for the Springs job because it was close to where I lived, and I've been at Springs uh, since it opened. So awesome, awesome. So, what has changed in that time from when you arrived to, to now this year? Um, oh, the change is over. Oh. That amount of yeah. time had been huge. I, I, rem, I remember when we were at, when I was at Texas City, um, the the school district for um, or the the district for mainstream U.S. sports 
Um, it wasn't the same um, for soccer. We, you had to combine districts just so that you'd have enough teams. So um, wow. yeah. when it, when we started, uh, schools like um, Lamarck and Galveston Bull down in this area, they didn't have a soccer program. And we, uh, I remember we had to com- we had to form a district that was it was a combination of five um, A and four A teams my first year and then the second year they had five they had five there was no 6a back then they had 5a and 4a um districts but then going into the playoffs mm-hmm. 5a and 4a was combined and right. over time like where i live um since then to um uh, two new schools um have opened in this area and then other neighboring districts, new schools opening and schools that never did have soccer programs. They do now. And a lot more teams, a lot more uh, kids in each school uh, participate in soccer and it's, it's more competitive. So that's, that's the biggest change. Yeah. And we'll dive into a little bit more about that in terms of recent success, where you're at right now, last year, we'll dive into that a little bit more, but, um, as I've been asking with every coach as of late is um, thoughts on world on the world cup thoughts on what you saw, what, what kind of transpired that world cup final, which was out of this world thoughts. Uh, I've got to tell you, I'm a sore loser. I had the Argentina England final with uh, yeah. two one win to England just because of the hand of God. And uh, we had to play Argentina <laughs> and we had to beat them in the final. So it, it kind of like a bit of payback. And um, I was doing pretty well on the predictions until, uh, you know, that upset um, with the French. Yeah. 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 But I, thought, I actually thought England were better on the day and they kept Mbappe quiet. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 And there was obviously there was a lot of there was a lot of discussion there, a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth in terms of should have should Harry Kane have taken that, you know, that second penalty. Right. What, what were your thoughts on that? I was thinking I was thinking the same thing on the first one. I mean, how many times did he spot the ball and his, his roommates between the sticks? And uh, but then again, he scored the first one. What if somebody else? What if somebody else took the second one? And he missed it. So it's just it is what it is. Why didn't Why didn't Harry yeah. take both of them? So yeah, it yeah. Was just, yeah. The, the other chances, the other chances they missed, I thought was. Yeah. I mean, and just like you said, that's a tricky, it's a tricky situation as well, right? When he's going up against fellow, fellow teammate, right? Right. And yeah. Maurice. So yeah. yeah so, like 10 years. Yeah. Yeah. Thoughts on, uh, thoughts on that final between Argentina and France? Uh, I didn't watch it live until uh, extra time. Actually, the only games I watched live were the England games. Part of it was because we were in school and part of it was, you know, trying to, uh, just make the most of my time. All the other games that England weren't in, um, I just watched the highlights later in the evening, but it being the final, and I was checking my phone, thought, 2 oh, 2, I'm going to turn this on and watch it. So, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you picked now it up. the whole game live, yeah. Yeah, yeah it was, it, it took us, you know, seven, 77, 78 minutes to get there, but boy, did it end, did it end with a bang. Yeah. So, um, and as I've told everybody, I think 
you know, I have my personal opinions on, you know, French football, but, and they, yes, they have two World Cups, and I get that, but <clears throat> I probably came away from that World Cup final more impressed by them in, in a loss, right? And falling short. And granted, officially, it's not considered a loss, but still not, be, not emerging victorious in penalties just because the, everything, all the factors around it, right? The sheer volume of injuries that they had had, how many people didn't come with them, getting hit by a flu bug. And those aren't excuses. They're, that was just the reality of what they were facing. And to show that fight, to show that character. Uh, and you could tell Mbappe wanted it, but I just, I don't know. It was, didn't know if they had anything left by the time they got the penalties. No, I know. And it's uh, how many people had Argentina tipped to win it, you know? Um yeah. Um, I guess it was good Lionel Messi. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Will, but yeah. 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 No doubt. So, all right, coach, we're going to segue over. Let's talk about. So, last last year, you finished, you were the fourth seed, qualified for the playoffs, and you make it. And then you you bow out in the by district round to, uh, to uh, Perlin, if I'm not mistaken. Correct. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you look back at when you look back at that, not just the by district round, but the season as a whole, how it played out, and then qualifying for the playoffs, um, what was maybe some of the lessons, the key lessons learned, the big takeaway from last year as it springboards you into this season? Well, I think um, making it to the playoffs last year was um, an important experience for the underclassmen. You know, we. Um, we were going through a rebuilding stage um, after the lockdown. You know, we had um, 2020, we had a group of seniors that had never lost a district game, you know, when they were first place in district mm -hmm. with two games left. And um, I, I felt that, you know, if there was a year where we could um, advance, you know, further in the regional semifinal, that... Um, that would be the year. And then we're going through a rebuilding stage. And um, last year we were in fifth place, the last game, last game of the uh, season. And then um, we did what we needed to do. We qualified for the playoffs, finishing fourth. We had to play a first place team, but um, we matched um, Perland in that game. And the difference, we were one penalty kick away from advancing to the next round in the uh, shootout. Mm. And, I think uh, with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores on the team, at least getting to the playoffs and, and playing one of those games, I think it um, they prepared well for this season. Yeah. Yeah, and that's a great, you know, that's definitely something to build on. Tell us a little bit about what you have coming, but what did you lose to graduation and what do you have coming back? Because clearly you had a very young team that gained a ton of experience there, particularly in the second season, right, the postseason. Well, we... we um, we only actually graduated two starters. They were both very good players who are now now at college. Um, everybody else um, is back. I can't remember the last time we actually started the season with nobody on crutches. Uh, we're, we're relatively injury-free. And um, we've got a, a couple more freshmen that we've added to the mix. So we have, we have experience and depth. Um, we've never had... It's the first time I've had 70 girls in the program, actually. You know, we have three wow. teams. Um, and we'll have, um, you know, 20, 
20 plus on the varsity team during the course of the season. So um, we stay healthy and um, the the underclassmen continue to develop. I think um, I think we'll be a better team than we were last year, despite um, the girls that we graduated. Right, right. So talk to us about 24-6A, right? You're probably one of the handful of districts across in, in Region 3, for sure. But even across the state, your district remains the same. Zero changes from what I understand, from what I saw, right? As far as no one leaving and no new schools entering. So talk to us. What are your thoughts on on just that? And just tell us a little bit more about 24-6A, your district in general. Well, it's uh, you've got the, the five CCISD schools and then it's uh, Dickinson and Brazoswood. Um, there's been a couple of um, a couple of years where there's been a trade-off. You know, Brazoswood um, have moved out and Alvin have come in. Um, but other than that, it's been it's been the same. Um, Friendswood, I mean, they were very strong at six A. Uh, they were in our district for a couple of years as well. Uh, but that's that's it. And then um, it's it's a competitive district. You know, yeah. we. Like I said, we finished fourth last year, and um, we we took a first place team to a shootout. And uh, this year, I don't think it'll be any different. I mean, Dickinson are, are much improved, and um, we had a one nil um, a one nil win against the sixth place team, and um, a one nil loss to the district champion. And that was that's how it was from top to bottom. I mean, all all the games were competitive. So I like to have this conversation with different coaches across the state, different districts, right? If if you could describe 24-6A, right? If you could describe your district in terms of maybe style of play or personality of just top to bottom, every team in there, what are some of those characteristics that we would see? If, I, if I'd never seen a 24-6A game, is it going to – What's going to make it maybe stand out, make it different from another district in Region 3, in your opinion? Well, I think the teams in our district um, are all different, playing different styles. Um, you know, um, and the other thing, some of the, some of the teams in our district, they've been uh, played different styles year to year. I guess it, with the coaches, it's a case of playing away, uh, depending on the players you've got. Um mm-hmm. Like this year, we're we're trying to play out the back, play a, a, a possession game, and um, you know build through the midfield. There's other teams in our district that will play uh, quite direct. Um, they'll they'll sit deep and they'll play direct, hit you on the counter. Um, I know that playing, we go to the we go to the Governors Cup every year, and we we play and see some of the best teams. Um, in the state, like um, the reigning state champion, we um, we play them. We play them this year, and we played Capel last year, and um, they those teams they would they would play through the thirds, um, you know, from um, from the goalkeeper through uh, the back line midfield, and uh, most of the time the ball was on the ground and. The, Everybody on the team, they were they were all fast. They could all pass. They could all dribble, and it's um, 
it's probably the most um, consistent uh, style of play that uh, those teams from Dallas, a lot of them play in that way. Whereas in our district, it changes year to year from team to team, I think. And, and do you feel do you feel like that is a good um, something that prepares you well for postseason play? Do you feel do you see that like for example last year in your your by district round matchup did you see the dividends of playing in your district and ad- adapting to all those different styles of play within district play? Do you do you feel like it's it's benefited you? Yeah, I think um, uh, in our district the way it was last year, well for us it was going to be just as difficult um, making it to playoffs as it would be going through the playoffs uh, a couple of rounds. And um, like I said before, um, we we were one uh, penalty kick away um, in that playoff game. And there were probably three or four district games that could have gone either way. And also we, we thought we were prepared for it. We had, five or six ties in districts and we last year our ties were decided on a shootout and we would um split the points so in our district it was four points for um a shootout win and then it was two points sorry it was four points for regulation win two points for a shootout win and one point for a shootout loss so um the pressure um, penalty shootouts and having that practice um, in district play I thought we'll be well prepared for that but this year when the coaches voted on whether or not to have um, shootouts um, more coaches decided against it so games will end in a tie this mm. year yeah okay good yeah that that was going to lead me to my next question is even though it's a realignment year, right? But the district remains the same. So what are the, what are the district bylaws if, if they've changed at all? So yeah. Okay. Um, interesting. So obviously every coach, right. Would love to be able to highlight every single one of their players. Uh, but maybe tell us if you can tell us about a couple of players maybe that, that you'd like to highlight that we should know more about, or that you feel we will know more about by, by the time this season is over. Oh, that's a tough one. Like you said, it's, right. it's difficult to leave players out, um, especially when uh, we've got uh, so much depth this year. But um, where where you have, I guess, some kind of separation. So seniors, we only have one senior that started on the varsity team since a freshman year, and uh, that's Jessica Marker and. She is already committed uh, to uh, playing at college. She's going to be at uh, Houston Baptist or Houston Christian. HCU commit, correct? Yeah. Yes, that's right. And um, this year, she's already looking a better player than she was last year because she she was coming off an injury, Um, missed a lot of games. And then when she came back, she wasn't fully fit. Um, So just she looks in better shape and she's playing better this year than she was any time last year. So that's, that's good for her. That's good for us. And um, we have uh, Maddie Harry, who's been, this is third year she's been on the varsity team and she is the other senior who is committed to playing at college. And um, she's going to uh, be going to Howard Payne. So they're two 
that have started the season well. I say start the season well. We haven't. It seems like we're a month in. We haven't started games yet, but we've already we've already had five scrimmages, I think, and then our we actually kick off next week. We play um, Kingwood first game. So thoughts, all the games thoughts on. Gotcha, gotcha. Thoughts on what you've seen so far through scrimmages? Because obviously they're not, they're they're just they're intended to try to. You want to see what you have, and kind of see the depth, see the mix, see players at different positions. How do you feel coming out of your three scrimmages compared to when you were going in? Um, there's, you know, some sometimes you're thinking, what formation should we play and. So you play play a couple of different formations, and then you don't want to tinker around too much because the season's so right. short. You got to you know make your mind up. So um, we played a four three three for um, a few years, but this year um, the team seemed to be better suited to four four two. But we were playing both formations and scrimmages to figure it out, and then. Um, practicing playing out at the back. Um, even when the opposing forwards are on top of you, you know it. It, it could cost us a goal, and it, it did. To, it did today. You know, dropping the ball back mm. to keep it playing out the back. Um, we may not do that every time, obviously in games, but it's just something we need to get better at. So we're using the, the scrummages, and then uh, you know every corner kick being a shortcut, being a short corner. We would we'd focus on different things. Um, mm. um, each scrimmage and maybe you know right now we're just playing to get better and um we'll do the same thing um through tournament play and then it'll be more of a case of playing to obviously playing to win when district starts so that might change somewhat the way we play gotcha gotcha so overall though you like what you see feel confident feel good yeah yeah um, yeah it's still you know uh, still got um, a long way to go, improvements to be made, but right. um, yeah, I, I already think we're in a, a better spot than we were last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As a coach, I, I get that. I ask that question, and it's like uh, <laughs> the work never ends, right? So I get that, but uh, but yeah, just kind of trying to get a feel for for the temperature, right? In terms of your liking, what you see. So, all right. So, what has you maybe going back to what we talked about from last year? and springboard through the scrimmages, and then now where we stand, what has you maybe um, the most excited about this upcoming season? Um, I think, you know, last year we struggled to score goals, and um, we're, we're creating a lot more opportunities uh, than we did last season, even though it's early. So we're creating more opportunities, and you know, the, um, the girls are going to be um, putting more different situations in, in front of goal, different ways to finish. Um, they didn't have as many reps in games and scrimmages last year because we weren't creating the opportunities. So um, the, fi the finishing is going to get better because um, they're getting more opportunities, you know, in different situations, finishing um from crosses, finishing from through balls, um, um, finishing from balls laid off to the top of the box. Just we didn't last year. We just didn't create 
um, as many opportunities in games. And um, still early days, but we'll uh, we'll see what happens over the next couple of weeks. Gotcha. Now, this this next one, the next one's always a tricky one, right? It's it's a little bit of a loaded one, even though it's not intended to. But so, how do right. you define how do you define success for the twenty twenty three Clear Springs Chargers? Uh, ultimately, it is it's all about uh, winning, right? Um, you know, two years ago was the only time we didn't go to the playoffs. And it was the year after the uh, lockdown when we were, we were uh, rebuilding. And then last year, um, we made it back, but it went it went all the way to the wire. So we want to build on that. You know, uh, last year we finished fourth. Can we can we finish in a higher position? Um, well, last year we we lost in the first round of the playoffs. Can we go can we go further in the first round? Um, and then. As far as how we play as well, I think is um, important. You, last year, there were games where uh, big district games, intense games, where some of the players get flustered and not as relaxed and composed. And all of a sudden, we're not stringing seven or eight passes together. And it, it's the occasion. Can we play a game against Clear Lake where, you know, we're composed um, and string passes together. Can we um, play one touch, two touch against Brazzerswood, Brazzerswood which, which is a team that's probably three times the size of us, and, you know, um, rather than get into a fight with them, just uh, um, uh, play the ball around quickly and not having so many touches on the ball. And um, last, last year it was... We were. You can never fault the team for for their effort and their intensity, but um, some of the composure and possession disappeared in big games. And um, I felt um, in the playoff game, even though in the first round we played against a district champion that had a much better record than us, um, mm-hmm. I didn't think we played particularly well in that game. And um, it still went to a shootout. So yeah. uh, that experience in the playoffs, you know, although a lot of young girls who were nervous and um, a lot of girls who were freshmen that played who were nervous in district games uh, last year, uh, this year I just think they're they're going to be more confident, more relaxed, and hopefully how they practice and how they've played in scrimmages that will translate into into games. Gotcha. So, got a question here from a Ms. Mesha or Misha Hayes. Ask him if the name Fozzie still follows him. An old alumni TC joke, and fellow players would hate if she did not ask. So, now you got to tell us a little story on this. <laughs> yeah. So when I uh, when I was at school and um, when I played, because my last name's Foster, my um, um, my, my nickname was Foz. And then it it, it, it became fuzzy, and then it turned into um, fuzzy, huh? Yeah, and I, I think yeah, I think that was I think that was a Texas City thing. Yeah, it's a okay, long time so ago. It, it was born there and died and died at Texas City, I guess. Is that what you're saying? 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. All right. But I think it yeah, might so. be. I've got a feeling it's going to be reignited now. Don't, yeah, it might resurface. Don't be shocked. Don't yeah. be shocked. All right. So, and speaking of that, so you talked about Texas City. We asked you in the beginning how much it has changed over the years, but let's look back maybe in the last couple, maybe the last couple of years before the pandemic and then to now, right? So we'll say about maybe five, four or five years. How has, in your opinion, your observation, how has Texas high school soccer changed in maybe those last five years? Oh, that's a tough one. You know, like over 20, 25 years or so, it's easy to, right. um, yeah, to make the comparisons. Um, I think um, the Casey schools, in our region anyway, the Casey schools were dominant. And you had, uh, anytime we played in the regional tournament, uh, we would always lose in the regional semifinal. And it would be to... Um, Katie School, it was Seven Lakes and it was Cinco Ranch and it was Tompkins. And um, those schools advanced to the state tournament. And um, Ridgepoint has emerged over the last uh, few years. Uh, I think they've been exceptionally good. And right. um, you could, you could m maybe based on uh, last year's uh, results, they're just a little bit level above uh, those Katie schools. And then with uh, the new uh, school opening in Katie, um, how did that, I, I don't know with their uh, zoning, how did that affect uh, the talent coming out of Tompkins and, um, and Seven Lakes? You know, with um, Jordan opening, uh, did, that, did that hurt them? So um, Rich Point, that's... Um, that's probably the the biggest um, um, difference, you know, over the last three years than being a, a state contender. Gotcha. He is Coach Craig Foster, the head women's soccer coach of the Clear Springs Chargers, who currently reside in 24-6A, looking to make a return trip to the playoffs after finishing as the four seed in last year's playoffs before bowing out in the by-district round. So, Coach got one more question for you before we start getting ready to transition here so i asked you how maybe the last five years right what you've seen so here's here's the other tricky part to that is where do you feel from your perspective on the field off the field maybe it's the coverage right what all of those things wrapped in together where do you feel texas high school soccer is going in the next five years um uh, well, I think it's going to continue to grow, and, and this is speculation. I don't know whether or not it'll materialise, if it's even possible. So there's been talk of a 7A category, right, which would mean that um, it would actually um, mean that schools that are, have under 3,000 students may have more of a chance because, you know, right now in 6A there's no ceiling and we're at Clear Springs, for example, are at 2,700 uh, students. And um, there are schools that you have to compete against where their enrollment is uh, 4,000 plus, like uh, some of the huge schools in Dallas. You, you know, if you make right. it out of this region and advance to a state tournament, um, there's some of the schools 
uh, that you have to compete against. And I know, I know it's not just about enrollment and numbers. Um, you've got to give a lot of credit to the, the club programs in the area that feeds into those schools. You know, um, we were supported by um, well, our local club, which is Dash South. And then, you know, we've had other, uh, some other players that have played at other clubs uh, around, but there are, there are some schools, uh, still some programs, which, you know, they don't have, um, whether it's location or demographics, they don't have many players that play club soccer. But um, I think that's a possible change. Having, you know, I remember there was no six eight when I started out uh, coaching at, and uh, will it be? Will it be a seven A? Well, I guess we have to wait and see. Right. Yeah. Anything besides the besides the size, the classification? Anything else? Any other changes? Maybe that you you possibly foresee that you feel relatively confident might happen, or you could you could see happening. Um. Well, or how about this? Uh, Maybe one you'd like to see happen. How about that? Uh, well, um, I know people have um, have asked, you know, for um, to play a different time of year, like in the fall. But um, that's I'm happy as far as the time of year we play. Um, I don't think any other time would work. You know, I'm. Um, I'm, I'm happy with how it is. Um, maybe, you know, play, um, being allowed to play. Um, I think you're, well, I think during um, COVID when games were um, rescheduled and then be, um, and then it got to the point where UIL would allow um, more uh, than one game to be played during the school week. I think um, may maybe uh, um, that would help. You know, when you have to reschedule games because of weather, and um, only being still only being able to play uh, one game Monday through Thursday. Right. Yeah. Right. Maybe if that yeah. if they allow a little bit more flexibility there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good one. That's that's a very good point there. So awesome, coach. This has been great. Uh, we're gonna have you stick around. We uh, get to bring you back for our counter tag segment. Have some fun with you. Some rapid fire questions. To pick on you a little bit. Have some fun with you. But before we do that, uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after a quick word from our partners. College Promoters USA, founded and located in San Antonio, operates as the only family-owned college recruiting company in Texas that brings a truly professional, local, and face-to-face -face approach to area high school student-athletes and their families. As the lead sponsor and proud supporter of the 5050 Podcast, alongside Coach Hector Cano, College Promoters is proud to be elevating its support for the college soccer recruiting process more than any other service in the country. If your son or daughter is serious about competing in college soccer, call College Promoters USA directly at 210-494-6363 or visit collegepromotersusa.com anytime. College Promoters USA, the best investment a parent can make in their high school student-athlete. 
And we're back with Coach Craig Foster, the head women's soccer coach at the Clear Springs Chargers. Coach, welcome back. We're uh, going to get ready to dive into uh, into counterattack segment. But before we do, really quick, wanted to go ahead and recognize, give a shout out to one of our other partners in Gipper. If you haven't heard of Gipper, they do exceptional. They work in graphics. They do exceptional work. We've been partnered with them for about six months, going on seven months now. And it's been phenomenal. We love it. We've used we use them pretty much exclusively now. And I wanted to tell you a little bit more about Gipper. Gipper is the way schools, athletic departments, ADs, and coaches create world-class marketing content. Join 2,500 coaches and ADs and use Gipper to create high-quality visual branded graphics for your program. The best part? Anyone can do it in seconds on any device without needing any design experience whatsoever. And the other piece is you can actually save money by, if you're a listener or supporter of the 50-50 podcast, you can actually save 10% on a first-time Gipper purchase. So that's an annual package. You can save 10% for 50-50 podcast listeners. Just go to gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50 to learn more. Again, that's gipper.com slash partner slash 50-50 for your savings. So, all right, coach, it is that time. All right, let's see. You look a little nervous to me, but I think you're going to be okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, first one. Tell us, uh, tell us a phobia of yours. Maybe um, something not a lot of people. Kind of random, maybe something. I like guess uh, I became a little bit claustrophobic uh, later in life. I didn't realize it till I was having an MRI. I, had to sh- I just had to close oh. my eyes so I couldn't see the. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good. Interesting. Yeah, I think a lot of people close spaces, tight spaces, right? Yeah. Okay. Info, something you wish you you would have been told before you entered coaching. Oh. That's a bit for to stay here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I think um I guess you know how how many um i never i never realized um how many parents uh would think that their um kids were better than they they really are and mm-hmm. i got very i got very blunt this is maybe about twenty five years ago with one parent and the response was wait until um Wait until you have kids of your own, and uh, uh, I can honestly say I've, I've, as a parent, I like to think I've, um, I've never been guilty of that. Nice. That's a uh, okay. That's probably, um, that's that, that's that's a tough one. Yeah. 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 Okay. It's a good one though. It's interesting. Yeah. I've you upset. I've, I've upset. I've upset a lot of people. Yeah. You know, I know. I know. There's a lot. Yeah. Of, there's a lot of coaches that that would be willing to share that. So yeah. So, yeah. all right. Next one: sunrises or sunsets? Which one are you? Um, I'll say yeah. Uh, sunrises. Sunrises. Okay. So you're you are you a morning guy? An early early morning guy? Uh, I am now. As we've got older, yeah. it was probably the other way around when I was younger. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Next one. You a uh, memes, gifts, or emojis guy, or all of the above? Which one are you? 
I'll say emojis. Emojis. Okay. So now what's the go-to, what's the go-to emoji that you can share, obviously that you can share. I would say it's the one with the evil smile. Oh, nice. Okay. Good. All right. Favorite and least favorite. This one always gets people. I don't know why it always ruffles feathers, but favorite and least favorite soccer team. Favorite soccer team, Liverpool, least favorite Manchester United. There you go. We we can just end on that. This is, that was the perfect (laughs) statement right there. I love, I knew you were a good man from the start. I knew you were a good man. So yeah, I, I have been on the record multiple episodes saying that we have had way too many Manchester United fans on here. So, and as a fellow Liverpool supporter, I'm, I'm happy to hear that. I'm, I was born near Liverpool, I guess. I, I grew up um, in a village called Ainsdale. That's like uh, mm-hmm. League City is the Houston. And, you yeah. know, I've been, I've been a lifelong Liverpool fan. And, uh, yeah. you know, um, we always said the two best teams in Liverpool were um, Liverpool and Liverpool Reserves. And then you, and then the, the rival down the, down the road was Manchester United. I was going to say down the street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, next one. Good. All right. One thing you were appointed the soccer czar in America tomorrow. Okay. So you're in charge of all soccer in America. Everything goes, every decision, you're the main decision maker, right? You're the soccer czar. What's one thing you'd change in soccer regarding soccer in America tomorrow? The very first thing you'd change. Mm. That's a tough one. Um, I guess at the grassroots level, uh, I would try and make the, uh, find ways of making the sport more accessible um, to everyone. You know, um, for the most right. part, it's a middle-class sport in this country, right? For the most part. Yeah. When it comes yeah. to... Yeah, and you, and you can, you can argue, you can even make an argument for that, that it's not, it's no longer becoming that, right? Yeah. yeah. I think... Um, clubs finding ways to, you know, generate income streams other than um, just the parents paying for the, uh, the training fees. Because I, I worked at club for years as well. And I know, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of kids can't play because the parents can't afford it. And right, um, we, um, we have um, our, our JV uh, blue team. So we have a developmental team at school. A lot of um, the players on that team have never even played club soccer, and it, it's it's an introduction to them. But you know, playing um, the players on the on our varsity team and um, JV black team, they're where they're at because of um, the number of years of playing club soccer, which came at a financial right. expense for the parents. Yeah. So okay. that's uh, yeah. I would say that's the biggest thing. You know, growing up in England, it was entirely different. You know, you when I was growing up, um, the local clubs we paid subs every week mm-hmm. for the referee. Um, it cost me fifty pence a week, I think. And then, if you got invited, this was before academies. If you got invited to play at a centre of excellence at a local club, you know where I'm from, whether it was Liverpool, Everton, Tramley Rovers, Wigan Athletic, um, it's it, it was all covered. Yeah, you just had to pay for transportation. That was it. So now I'm curious. I'm curious. Obviously, you've lived here for for a long time, but what is it like from what you understand 
what is it like now back back in England? Has is is that same exact philosophy? Is it still exactly the same, or how much has that has that changed in terms of the cost? Because obviously a different setup. We understand. I, I understand that. But how much has that changed? How much has that changed? Um, cost wise, um, changed not so much. It's more of the setup and um, advances in coaching and the infrastructure. You know, all the Premier League coach, all the Premier, well, you know, all the Premier League clubs. They they were given a certain amount of time before they had to establish academies and the old First Division. They were, there weren't academies and then there's opportunities for players to board in the academies and um, the clubs are making a huge investment in um, in kids from like an early age now, like seven or eight. Um, so you, you're full-time at an academy at a young age where back then we didn't have that. That's right. So okay. the, the, I would say... That's the that's the biggest yeah. difference. Gotcha. Okay. Who would play you in a movie? A famous actor out there. They're uh, portraying your life. They're portraying your life story. Who's who's the actor that you're uh, you're tapping to play you? I might have to. I might have to go with Daniel Craig. No. <laughs> I was actually thinking that right as a, <laughs> right after being, I asked it. The reason like, being is of uh, <laughs> of. Uh, I've had a couple of people make comments about that. I remember we were on vacation in Jamaica and yeah. uh, I was getting um, James Bond jokes all the time. And I yeah. was walking, I was walking around a Liverpool shirt as well. Yeah. Nice. So, um, yeah. yeah. I was getting some attention. Yeah. That's great timing. I was actually thinking that to myself, right. As you said that, that's awesome. All right. Uh, okay, I, wouldn't mind being him. I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind being him either. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wouldn't we all? All right. Next one. If not, if not a coach, right, an educator and a coach, what would you have been? Um, I guess it's what I've what I've started doing as I'm getting older, closer to retirement. Um, I was always I was always interested in real estate, so now in the summer I do I do real estate on the side, you know, I have, do you really? uh, nice. have a license and uh, yeah. I've been doing a little bit of real estate investment for the past 11 years or so. Yeah. yeah. So harder job, real estate agent or coach, educator and coach. Educator and coach. Yeah. Eight days a week. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's the, so you- not even compare them. It yeah. is every summer. I, We'll get away from soccer because you're burnt out at the end of the year. I worked at Dynamo Dash for, well, it was it was something else before Dynamo Dash, but I was doing club soccer as well as high school soccer for 26 um, years. And then I quit um, with competitive teams at club a couple of years ago to free up time to do real estate. And it's just nice to do something different because I was doing the same thing uh, it was basically seven days a week. If I'm not at school, I'm at club. And then the worst thing was during the high school season where um, you, if you lost a big game on a Friday night, oh, uh, yeah. none of those kids wanted me to be the coach on a Saturday, <laughs> on a Saturday morning. You know, because yeah. during during club season, and it's not high school season, you got your Friday nights off. 
Um, right. So I would, my teams would be covered on Tuesday night because we had Tuesday night high school games during high school season. And then I don't, I don't have a night off anymore, Friday nights, uh, high school games and right. you get the bus back to the bus barn and then you're turning around sat, Saturday, all day Sunday, club games. So I, uh, I've got to tell you, I feel a lot better since uh, I let that go. Um, just doing something different. Yeah, yeah. So what you're t- you're telling me that the uh, the battlefield that is coaching and teaching easily prepared you for real estate, right? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> something you wish you would have been told about real estate before diving into that? Anything? Uh, I think. Um, uh, it's financially it's a lot more it's it's a lot more um rewarding than teaching and coaching well that's not why you're teaching coaching that right does right. you go you go into the excitement when you go into a big game and you mm-hmm. win and then uh the kids just perform because you know coaching is like a roller coaster ride isn't it you have your bad days your good days right. but when you when you win a, a a big game there's no there's no feeling like that Really? Yeah. yeah. So, Absolutely. Can't, can't replace well, yeah. well said. Scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? So a one is we need to revoke your, your driver's license immediately. A 10 is you are the, you are the DPS, right? The Department of Public Services standard. Which one? What are you? Okay. Well, when I'm driving a school bus, I'm a 10. Yeah, well said. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. When I'm driving um, my own car, I'm, I'm, I'm probably uh, a seven, but I've I've slowed down. Um, I've slowed down a lot because you can't. You uh, when you get your CDL, you can't take. You can't do your defensive driving. So, I've, uh, right. I guess I'm a much better driver than I was when I was younger. <laughs> Great answer. Great answer. All right. Favorite TV show. Uh, English TV show that a lot of people probably never heard of because they don't make it anymore, but it was called Only Fools and Horses. And, what was it? Uh, on, only Fools and Horses. Fools and Horses. Okay. Only Fools and Horses. And the only place you can find it, if you're curious, is uh, Brickbox. Uh, um, yeah, I've heard of Brickbox, yeah. Current favorite TV show, it would have to be Yellowstone. Yes, yes. Big Yellowstone fan. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. that. Yeah, if I, want, if, if I didn't want to be uh, Daniel Craig, I'd want to be uh, John Dutton. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. All right, all right. Next one. Um, actually, this is uh, this is our final one, Coach. We're getting here already to the end. So, interesting one. You're gonna have to reflect here a little bit. So, current you as a coach, right? And knowing if you could go back in time to you as as a player, right? How would you have coached you? if you were coaching yourself, right? All these, everything you've learned over the years as a coach, right? How would you apply, applied those principles to try to get you to develop maybe a little bit better, a little bit faster, uh, dealing with the, the personality piece? How would you have coached you? Um, I think I, um, I would have shouted at myself a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think, you know, would that have worked on the young you? Would that have worked? Um, maybe not when I was nine or ten, but when I, I was older, it would. And uh, I used to, honestly, I, I used to get a bit of that, and uh, I I did respond to it. But I know 
Um, kids are different. Some do, so don't. Some don't. And also, you know, when you've been coaching for a long time and um, you the things you learn along the way um, and things you, you, you get from other people, you know, that like friends, um, right. peers, whether you're doing a coaching license, things you like, things you don't like. And you kind of, I guess you, you um, mold yourself from that. I think some of the things um, I've learned as a coach if I had that soccer knowledge as a player or some, some of the things that I learned as a coach weren't exposed to me as a player, if that makes sense. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. That, um, I think um, I may have benefited more from that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's, that's a great point from the perspective of when I've reflected on this, um, when I reflected on this particular question, because this question kind of, ironically kind of came up in one of my training sessions with my team, right. With my school training, my girls over the last year or so. And then this season now, right. Cause on the private school side, we've been in our season for, for, for a good bit now is sometimes I can see certain flashes in terms of style and personality of certain players. I can kind of see myself in that. So I kind of relate. That's where this question kind of stemmed from was just like, okay, Knowing me back then, how would I handle that? How would I coach me, right? When I can identify with certain players, right? How do I get through, get through to them to kind of unlock that next level, right? In terms of their potential. And uh, yeah, I think what I've realized is I, I was contrary to kind of what you're, what you're saying, I was being exposed to some of this stuff as a player that I, that I've clearly been exposed to as a coach. I just didn't realize it, right? Because you have that different hat on, right? You have that player hat on versus that coach hat on. So it's it just it just doesn't register, I think. Well, at least for me, it didn't register for me um in certain regards. And it didn't it didn't really start to register probably until I started entering the coaching world. And then a lot of things started coming back as to okay, now I see why, right? Now this makes yeah, sense. Yeah, right. I, I would agree with that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I feel the same. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I would add is, um, you know, if you're frustrated um, with how a game went, you're frustrated with um, the team. Um, I learned to just keep my mouth shut after the game <laughs> and yeah. not say something that I may regret. And the number of times yeah. I've gone back and watched the game film, uh, it yeah. has been as bad. As it was live, so right. I've I've had to force myself to do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're a better man than me, coach, because I think I'm 45 years old and I'm still trying to learn how to do that. So I don't know. I have good well, it days. Took long, it took long enough. I'm, I'm 51. <laughs> I was probably 50 before I started doing it. So <laughs> good days and bad days for me, right? So yeah, yeah. but uh, awesome. This has been coach. This has been fabulous. This has been great. We've loved, uh, love having you on here. Love what you're all about. Love the great things that you're doing down there at clear Springs. They're definitely lucky to have you and uh, looking forward to being able to cover you all this year and definitely wishing you the absolute best. But uh, before we go, as is customary, we try to end on kind of what we call final thoughts. So this can be thank yous, shout outs, 
something that's on your mind in terms as it relates to to the game that you want to share as it relates to Texas high school soccer. Uh, whatever you want to share, Coach, we want to go ahead and give you the floor. And since you are a guest, the floor is yours. Uh, well, I, I like to start, I guess, most importantly by um, thanking the um, not just the varsity team, all I mean, all the girls in the program. I think honestly, this year they've done a fantastic job so far preseason. Um, the parents for supporting the program, um, the uh, the booster club especially, and then. We have a, a few uh, generous sponsors um, this season, you know, with the help of um, the Booster Club, you know, that I would like to mention. Um, yeah, go ahead, Coach. Again, Absolutely. Uh, Gulf Coast Trucking, Electric Eye Customs, um, Will and uh, Heather Norbury, uh, Turnbine Specialty Services, um, Reliability Controls Corporation, uh, Rudy's, um, Road Pumping, um, League City Family Clinic, uh, State Farm um, Insurance, uh, that's Chris Peters, uh, Clear Creek Community Church, and uh, Tyler Pearson Insurance. So I'd like to thank all those sponsors. So, awesome. Great all stuff. Right. I'm, I, know they'll I know they'll appreciate it. And again, if you want to share that list with us, we can always put that out there as well. So yeah. uh, definitely thank you. Thank you very much for being here. Really appreciate, sincerely appreciate you and your community, what you all are about. You all are definitely, uh, definitely awesome. Have a special place in our heart in terms of the 50-50 podcast. And I, I echo, want to echo that sentiment in terms of just your, you know, your, your social media coordinator, your booster, they're phenomenal. They do great stuff. And uh, they kind of, you know, took the lead in putting that out there and sharing uh, kind of issuing me one of these, one of these bad boys. So I sincerely appreciate that. Uh, you got? Did you look. get? Did you get that from Susan Marker? Yeah, I did. I did. Yeah, and, so, uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah. special uh, thanks to Susan. I mean, she uh, put most of this yeah. together. So, yeah, yeah, very awesome. Very, very, very lucky. Humbled. Grateful. Look forward to sporting it in the future as well. And uh, who knows? Maybe, maybe covering one of y'all's games one of these days. We'll yeah, that was so, great. Uh, thanks. Yeah, I, but I appreciate uh, it. yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So that was that was really all I wanted to share in terms of my final thought was thank you. Thank you to you all. Thank you. What I really love is more so beyond all of that is just the the engagement level of of that booster club for and for your, you know, for your uh, your soccer team. It's just it's something that it's something that you cannot find. You know, you're not going to find that on the club side. You're not going to. It's what's uniquely it's what makes high school soccer unique. And whenever we see. Uh, communities that are like that, that are very strong, like that, supportive, like that, that are all in on within each other. And uh, that's, that's phenomenal. We like to recognize that. So we appreciate that. Oh yeah. And, our, uh, so, yeah. our booster club. Um, well, they're, they're fantastic. You know, the things, right. the things that um, we do, it's um, our budget from the, the school district alone. It's not even close to, um financing right. that so they're, they're the reason why um the program is what it is so we yeah. i, I yeah. certainly appreciate it yeah and i get it I, in terms of the sponsorships as well i get it i do i do so awesome so again uh for our listeners for our supporters for for our parents everybody out there we thank you we appreciate we appreciate uh all your support uh we have another stay tuned 
we'll be releasing probably in about another hour, hour and a half or so next episode, which will be coming to you live on Thursday. Very excited about that one as we'll take a, we'll kind of pivot out of the high school scene and we'll return back to the, uh, the college scene as we'll be bringing a very special college coach on for our, uh, as our special guest on Thursday for Thursday's episode. So looking forward to that. But again, to our entire community, um, we say it and it's never, it's never to pander to our audience. It's to remind us of something that we take very serious in terms of our coverage and trying to bring you all good quality content. So you're the reason why we do it. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, I always say it all the time, you know, um, no idea how, but grateful for the fact that we're being listened to in 42 countries. Uh, always say I have no idea how that happened, but <laughs> very appreciative of it and grateful for that. Um, and then again, you can find us where go. You can find us now on Twitch as well. Those of you with, with Twitch accounts, we're live, just very similar to YouTube. You can find us on, on Twitch as well as YouTube. Then you can find the, the audio portion of the podcast on all major podcast platforms. And you can find us on social media on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, as well as on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast. So have really loved this uh, again, coach wishing you the absolute best in 2023. When is your, I forgot to ask you, when is your first official game and versus who? Uh, district game or just first game? Cause uh, first game to start off. The season. Oh yeah. We played Kingwood on Tuesday. So uh, that's a tough one. Um, but that's, nice. that's how we like them to get ready for district. So yeah. yeah. Right. Kingwood Tuesday, we're at your place or there? No, at their place. And then we go back their for their tournament Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And then uh, we have I-10 shootout after that. And then we play mm -hmm. the reigning state champs in uh, Georgetown um, <laughs> the last weekend before district starts. So <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing will get you ready for district more than that. So, yeah. Right. So right. best best of luck. Best of luck to you right. and your girls, Coach. Thank you Thank again. You. Thank you again. It. This has been great. Thank you so All much. Right. And right. for our listeners and supporters, until the next time, you know what to do. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening. You've been listening to the 5050 Podcast, powered by College Promoters USA. Help us continue to grow by liking, rating, and subscribing on all major podcast platforms. And don't forget to follow us on Twitter at 50 underscore 50 pod, on Instagram at 50 underscore 50 podcast, as well as on YouTube at the 50 underscore 50 podcast. Until the next time, keep downloading and keep listening.